0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to another person who has good taste in glasses. Uh, he is the co-founder of a company called Dent Global and the co-author of the Canadian edition of a great book called Key Person of Influence and. This company that he runs has been named um, one of the top business growth accelerators in the world. It's won countless awards, and he's also the host of a really great podcast that I encourage you to go check out called the Dichotomy Podcast. And with all of that, (laughs) he's here to help you understand how to position yourself and your agency as a, a key agency or a key person of influence. So I'm super excited to dive into this topic. And with all that, Mr. Mike Reed, thank you for taking the time to join us on the show today. Well, uh, Marcel, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to welcome um, an honorary Canadian to the show. You you started your life in Australia, but you've joined us here in Canada. That, that seems to be an interesting relationship that we have, Canada and Australia. There's a lot of back and forth there.
1: To- to- totally. I think uh, Canadians and Australians are, you know, one of the same breed. And uh, yeah, we, we all seem to get along well with each other. Yeah. Um, and uh, so for whatever reason, I felt drawn to, I think I was geographically challenged when I was born, you know, I was, I was, I was born in the wrong part of the world where I love I love Australia, but I'm not really kind of into the beach and hot weather. And that's, that's not my jam, which I know for many Canadians would be like, this, this guy's insane. Immediately I've just become less popular by saying that, but, um, but I, I always felt drawn to the mountains and I felt drawn to like snow and skiing and, sn- and snowboarding and that kind of thing. So that's kind of what in
0: part drew me over here. I love it, and you've done that transition all while building Dent, which is an impressive company that is you know in four cities across the world. You've helped thousands of agencies and other companies, service professional services companies, grow and scale their their business. You've acquired companies. Um, it's a really interesting uh, enterprise. How, how did you get into it? What was the catalyst for starting Dent and building it to what it is today?
1: I ended up going to a bunch of entrepreneurship events and. And, uh, and I went to this one where I ended up meeting a guy called Glenn Carlson in Australia at the top of a, a pub in South Melbourne. And he was giving a talk on this idea of becoming a key person of influence in your industry. And this was in 2010, 11, when the idea of building a personal brand in your industry was kind of a bit of a new concept and topic. And he was talking about these ideas around business models and design and, and I uh, happened to meet in the audience, and we we caught up for coffee the next day. We kind of totally jammed. He was about um, nine or ten years my my senior, and he had a bit of experience in entrepreneurship himself, and so. He was, uh, he was launching the key person of influence method and the key person of influence approach in Australia at the time we'd been running in, in London for about, about six months before that. And, uh, anyway, joined forces very, very quickly. We kind of all, all bonded and, um, kind of formed a, a partnership and became, you know, co-founders of what, uh,
0: Dent is today. So, um, yeah, that's where it all began. And in your own words, what does Dent do and how does it serve, uh, your community? So we're a
1: we're a business accelerator company. Uh, we work with the founders of traditional service businesses, so agencies, uh, legal firms, accounting firms, professional services, health services. Uh, any founder that's really really good at what they do, lots of industry experience, but they're finding it's harder and harder to cut through the noise in their industry. They're not really sure how to best position themselves, how to differentiate, how to stand out. And so over the course of 12 months, we take them through a process to really help them reposition their value and their value proposition in their industry, how to communicate it more powerfully in a way that they differentiate and stand out, how to turn it into credible thought leadership, uh, how to productize their IP and build out an elegant product ecosystem and raise their profile in their industry and you know, form partnerships and join ventures that help them help them leverage and scale. So uh, our core is we work with a cohort of founders over 12 months through an accelerator environment that gives them access to tools and resources and mentorship and guidance and best practice and coaching and structure to help them execute that strategy. But, uh, but we also, you know, in the course of building our company, we, we've also acquired uh, businesses in web development. Uh, we've acquired businesses in publishing and video production. So, you know, ultimately, uh, everything that we do is really in the service of being an institution for uh, six to early seven-figure revenue founders to be able to scale and navigate their entrepreneur journey to get both the strategy of where to focus and what to do and the implementation services and support to be able to help them navigate that journey
0: impressive stuff. And and you've put together an impressive portfolio of acquisitions. And you know, I was reading through some of the things that your members get access to and some of the services that you can provide to them. And it really is a fairly complete solution when it comes to allowing them to do everything they need to do to position themselves in the market, acquire clients and and scale their business. So for those of you interested, we'll have information in the show notes, make sure you scroll down and check that out. But with that, there is a central theme, a, a central concept that is really at the heart of this whole thing. And that is Is the idea of being a key person of influence, isn't it? And I'd love for you to take a moment to just kind of elaborate on what that concept really means and why it's so important.
1: Mm. So what we noticed about a decade ago was, you know, every industry revolved around an inner circle of people and brands that were seen as the go-to people and the go-to businesses for what they did. And, you know, when you looked at that, when you looked at any industry, you, we tended to notice that every industry was made up of three, three different layers, three different kinds of people. There are the the newbies in an industry who, you know, just enter an industry, lots of enthusiasm and um, lots of excitement and, and, and they want to kind of go out and kind of make their mark. But, uh, they don't really have a lot of skills or talents at, at that point in time in terms of you know, industry experience and, and knowledge. And so they're kind of the fresh newbies in an industry, lots of enthusiasm, but not not terribly functional in terms of what they can do at that point. Then as they develop in their industry, as they get better and better at what they do, eventually they become um, far more functional at what they do and they can deliver great results and great outcomes. But the challenge is, is that there's lots and lots of other providers in that industry that are trying to do the same thing. And so uh, you've got a situation where you've got a lot of very highly talented, highly skilled, highly technical and functional people in, in their industry, but there's not really a they're not really doing a lot that's separating what makes them different and valuable and unique compared to their competition. Whereas there's probably about 10% of every industry that's made up of people and brands that have, that have understood that if we're going to scale, what's the most valuable growth factor in our journey to scale is actually about how do we drive more attention to our products, our services, and, and our message and what it is that we're doing. If we can package our brand and our value proposition and the way we communicate our vision values and and value proposition to the market in a way that does differentiate from everybody else. It does stand out where we're positioned and seen as credible, Uh, thought leaders or a thought leadership organization within our industry Um, we've got different lots of different ways people can engage with our brand all these kind of things then that 10 percent of that industry tends to attract the lion's share of the opportunity and so we call those people we call that kind of top to 10 percent of the industry the key people of influence or the the key brands of influence you can kind of see that term interchangeably Uh, so uh, the, the reason why it's so important is because uh, unfortunately, you know, in the worker bee category and that kind of functional layer of the industry, which is where about 80% of most industries are made up of is that functional layer. Um, they don't tend to really earn uh, much above kind of what the industry average is. And they don't tend to attract really great opportunities and great partners and media attention and, and that type of stuff. Whereas the top 10% do tend to enjoy the lion's share of the opportunity. Um, they're disproportionately earning more income and more revenue and attracting more business than everyone else in the functional layer. So we we believe it's like one of the most important things for you to do as a business is not only be good at what you do because- Frankly, you know, there's lots of businesses out there like you that are very good at what you do, but it's how do we present and package our our vision, our values, and our value proposition in a way that, um, you know, cuts through the noise of everybody else.
0: Super, super key. So for those that are interested in exploring this process, um, what does it look like to become a person of influence? What are some of the key steps, key processes that you need to go through to go down that path?
1: Yep. So, uh, my, our experience and and belief is that there's really five kind of key areas you need to focus on to, to step into the shoes of being the key person of influence in your industry. Number one is you need to have a really powerful answer to the question. What do you do?
0: Mm. And do you have a high level framework for what a great answer to that question looks like or how people can start to think about putting that sentence or paragraph together for themselves?
1: Yeah, totally. So there's, there's uh, two key frameworks I'll share for now. There's one we call the social pitch, and then there's one we call a more structured or a scheduled pitch, um, and we use an acronym called Capstone, uh, which stands for clarity, authority, problem, solution, uh, the why, opportunity, next steps, and essence. Now, you, you don't, don't worry about trying to remember that for now. What I do want to encourage you to remember is uh, the social pitch, which is three simple ideas, name, same, and fame. And so, if someone asks you the question, what do you do, just remember, name, same, and fame, which is, uh, hey, my name is Mike. Nice to meet you. Um, the same category is, well, uh, what category of industry or what it is that you do can I put you in? So, in my mind as the listener, I can kind of put you into a box and know you're in that arena because the mistake that most people make when they're out there Answering the question, what do you do? Whether they're out there, pitching and and talking about what they do is they try and differentiate themselves too early in the process and therefore they confuse their listener. Ultimately, what you want to do is you actually just want to deliver clarity up front in your pitch. So hey, my name is Mike. Um, we run a training and advisory business called Dent. Or we're a coaching company called Dent, right? It's very easy for you to know I'm in a certain box, a certain category. So now that you know that I'm in that box, the next question is, okay, what does make our coaching or training company different from others? And so this is the fame component of your pitch. Uh, The way I talk about that is I identify who's the niche that we serve. Uh, What is different about our particular style of coaching in terms of the, the way we package that Together, uh, and then what are we most known for delivering, in terms of an outcome or a destination, right? So niche. What's different about the packaging, and then what are we most known for? So I would say, look, uh, we we're a business accelerator, right? Which is that that's our particular packaging of of how we do our coaching, uh, and uh, we specialize in working with the founders of six to early seven figure revenue service businesses. And what we're most known for is helping establish the founders of those businesses as key people of influence in their industry in less than 12 months.
0: Oh, name, name same, same name. fame. I love it. It's funny, that's very in line with one of my favorite frameworks for this which is the the seven word intro and it's, you know, we help x do y. It's very similar to what you just talked about. Who do you help and what is the outcome that you help them get or, and how you deliver it. Um, so there you go. The capstone framework and name, same fame. That's a really easy one for everyone to take away. So the first step to becoming a key person of influence, have a powerful answer to the question, what do you do? What comes after that, Mike Reed? The uh, the next step
1: is that someone is asking, well, why should I listen? Or what, what, uh, what gives you authority? What gives you credibility uh, to be doing that? And this is why publishing is so important because what publishing does is it helps you build authority at scale, uh, but it also acts as your engine for attracting, you know, more inbound opportunity. So uh, publishing, you know, involves uh, all sorts of different things like, you know, content like uh video and audio and written content, whatever it may be. But, you know, we live in a world today where um, it's pretty obvious that you need to be putting out enough content to build enough authority around what it is that you you do. Uh, and uh, and so uh, publishing is the second part of the process. It's all about taking um, your stories and your ideas and your intellectual property and your frameworks and your principles and your methods, and it's converting it into material that lets those ideas scale so that you can attract inbound opportunity of people who resonate with it they like it then they want to get to know you like you trust you etc the third step is called product Um, when we talk about product as a service business what we're really saying is we want to productize your service productize ip Um, products alone don't make money but products and product and service ecosystems do make money it's part of the reason why we uh, have acquired businesses in a variety of different verticals that integrate with our core business, which is training and advisory, because each of those business units feeds opportunity between one another and uh, as a whole, the whole is far greater than the the sum of its parts. At a business level within any one business, uh, we believe there are are four different uh, product layers you want to develop. Two of those are about helping you get known and recognized in the market.
0: So I love this I want to stop on number 3 because there's you've you've echoed some of the things that I feel like I've been trying to force feed to my audience on the podcast for a while, which is this idea of, and I think there's a debate that rages on in our industry about full service agency versus specialized industry and really defining what niching means. And I've always been of the belief that what's truly important is to to figure out what problem you want to solve. And then it's whatever combination of services and products that you need to put together to be the best at solving that problem, getting a consistent outcome to the client and so on. And I, I love that about what you're saying here is like, you can add more things on top of it. You can, you know, get a technology, you can get a service, you can get a suite of products, as long as they're all geared towards solving that problem. That's what's really important. And the nuance of, you know, are we full service? Are we doing all these different services is not quite as important as the fundamental question of what problem do we solve? and What outcome are we getting to that client? Um, I love that. And I I think it makes Everything else make a lot more sense. It's easier to figure out what those other products need to look like. The ones that are further up the funnel that are, you know, more for marketing, promotion or warming, all of that should become a lot more clear once we're clear on what we're actually solving and for who. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to paraketo.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. With that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: If I could build upon that, Marcel, I, yeah. I agree. And uh, when it comes to niching,
1: right, I, th- I think one of the, f- the fears that a lot of agency owners or business owners have is that ah, my, my niche is this kind of irreversible life decision. <laughs> that uh, when I when I pick a niche, it's like oh, we're going to be stuck in that niche forever. Uh, maybe it, like uh, it doesn't really encompass all the other cool things we can do, and uh, it uh, you know it doesn't do us justice, and all, all this kind of stuff. Right? They're they're are very kind of common uh, fears. Maybe it's it, it's like it's going to limit our opportunity. It's going to limit our marketplace. You know, there's so much more opportunity if we go for more. Uh, but I I'd, I'd maybe just love to invite you to reframe that really niching is is uh, is a is the idea that you know your niche is where you begin it's not necessarily where you end so when Amazon you know started of course they started with books um, now they're the world's online general store your your mission your vision for where you want to go kind of long term big picture can to be can be to can, can what am I trying to say can be to to uh, to become the equivalent of the world's online general store or whatever it is for your industry. But in the beginning for you to attract an audience, you need to be hyper-focused because if you dilute your message across too many different verticals or too many different niches, then uh, you, you really don't become sort of resonant with any particular one. So in the beginning, what we want to identify is if you imagine the market like a bell curve, Um, within the middle of the bell curve, there is a sweet spot. Let's call them your ideal customer. And there is a certain specific set of problems and a specific result or destination that ideal subset are looking for. Now, outside of the ideal subset around the bell curve, you have uh, what we would call your acceptable customers. Your acceptable customers are people that you, if you came across them or if they came across you, you would take them on. And because they've got the problems you can solve, uh, you know, you've got a methodology and an approach that can help solve it. Uh, they, they are acceptable customers, but they're not who we're designing your brand and your marketing and your value proposition for. We're designing it for the ideal. We want to specifically speak to whoever is in the ideal. In fact, within the ideal, there is also a little subset within that called the aspirational.
0: Mm.
1: And the aspirational are the people that you may interview on your podcast, or it's the people that uh, you know you you interview on your YouTube channel or you you showcase you spotlight the aspirational and maybe one or two aspirational people customers companies may end up becoming customers at some point that's that's amazing that's phenomenal phenomenal because the aspirational attract the ideal hmm. the ideal attract the acceptable but it doesn't work in the reverse order does that make sense the final thing 100%. i'll say about first thing i'll say about niching is that uh, see a niche like a campaign. In other words, when you when you go out and you run a campaign for your business as an agency, uh, you get the opportunity to kind of micro-target a specific customer problem, vertical. Uh, maybe you get to tweak the value proposition to speak directly to that niche or vertical's problems. As you're an agency owner, you should know you can do that dozens of times. Right, and so a niche is actually really a campaign. It's about going out and testing where does your where does your marketing and messaging most resonate, where does your product and delivery processes uh, become most streamlined and easy to deliver within a particular vertical, and so as you go out and in the early stages of developing a business, or maybe even as you're more mature when you when you're testing like are we in the right niche just see that you get the opportunity to go out and run a campaign and to see whether or not a, another niche makes more sense um but from kind of the big picture macro perspective of people land on your website whatever it may be they want to see that you're focused and specific around a particular you know defined category and you're delivering a a, a defined destination and they're coming to you because they want that defined destination and your marketing and your branding and your collateral is all consistent with attracting them uh, for that destination they want to get to. But within that, all the time, every time, you get the opportunity to run campaigns and therefore you get the opportunity to validate new niches.
0: I, I love everything you just said because it validates the entire approach that we've taken to our business. It makes me feel a lot better. Believe it or not, everyone that's listening, our billion-dollar vision for Parakeeto is not profitability optimization just for creative agencies. But of course, we had to start in a specific niche because we can't boil the ocean right now. And that's exactly how we look at it as well. This is the campaign that leads into profitability optimization for professional services, which leads into solving the problem of service companies are hard to run because the data is a mess and it's hard to wrangle at all. Um, so I love that approach. Think of your niche as a campaign and get laser focused and use that to build the momentum to then take on other campaigns or niches as you scale. So we've talked about answering that first and most important question. What do you do? We've talked about giving people a reason to listen, to be interested, a reason to believe that you are an expert. We've talked about creating a suite of products that align to that and that solve a specific problem. What's step four on the journey to becoming a key person of influence? Uh,
1: good. Uh, you, you passed the test. That, that was very well uh, paraphrased. So the fourth is uh, profile. Um profile is all about really raising the flag, uh, around what you do. It's, it's a bit bit creating more attention to what it is that you're doing. Uh, and ultimately my belief and our belief is that you really just want to pass the Google test, which is if people Google your industry or Google what you do, that a raft of really great, uh, content is going to show up video podcasts, all that kind of thing. And, uh, they will see that you, um, you know, you've got the expertise and you've got the experience, and you're associated to the right publications and other people that uh, really showcase that you are the the go-to person uh, for what you do. So um, we have a, a short little kind of approach or method we we use in profile. We call Salt. Uh, Salt is an acronym for social media, uh, awards and accolades, live talks, and third-party media. And, uh, we, we kind of, you know, it's a good way to remember it is to ask the question, are you worth your salt in your industry? And, uh, and so we focus on those four things. And as a result, you know, that helps you get indexed well on Google. The fifth, if I can, Marcel P is partnership. And, um, and if you imagine, you know, kind of at this point, right, you've been through the process of, okay, we've got a really powerful answer to the question. What do we do? Where the way we pitch the business, the way that everyone pitches the business is consistent. Uh, it's inspiring. It's moving people to the next step. Uh, it's getting them interested. It's engaging them, getting their attention. We're then able to warm them and prime them through really uh, kind of well put together content. Uh, we have a, what we call a 7 11 ecosystem of content, which is, you know, at least seven hours across at least 11 interactions across at least four locations of of content uh, in the market. Uh, we've got an elegant way to commercialize that attention through our products and services. We've, we've now kind of raised the flag and when people Google us, lots of good things shows up. The fifth step is how do we leverage all of that through powerful partnerships? Um, there is a there's a little maxim we have with our clients, which is called ILR, um, which stands for the illusion of limited resources. Uh, when you're a small business, you, you're, we're always constrained by uh, limitation of resources, not enough money, not enough time, et cetera. So the question we've got to ask is, well, okay, if you don't have enough time or money or reputation or distribution, or maybe your product and service proposition, isn't that you know kind of valuable or different or unique? The question is, who already woke up with what it is that you need? And how do we form a partnership with them in a way that we can share resources? Right? We can get a little bit of what, what they've got that we need and we can share a bit of, bit of what we've got that they may need. And so we refer to this with our, with our clients as kind of uh, the partnership triangle. Um, for you to form powerful partnerships, there's three different areas of business that you want to be able to do it in or leverage. One is brand. So uh, you may be an agency that hasn't been around for too, too long at this point in time, uh, and you don't necessarily have a, a kind of long lasting brand reputation. Question to ask is who already does? Who are the people? Who are the other companies? Who are the companies in, you know, associated industries or adjacent verticals or whatever it is that you could partner with where just by being associated to those brands or those people, the credibility of what they would do would rub off more on you. Second thing is, how do I make the product or service uh, itself even more remarkable? By partnering with other organisations or, or people, and then the third thing is distribution. So who already has the audience and who already has the distribution of the people that you want to connect with? So this idea of distribution is: well, yes, you can go and pay for distribution. You can pay for attention through ads and social media, or you can find who already has the attention with your audience. How do we how do we get you positioned in a way that actually makes you valuable to partner with them, uh, and then put together a partnership that you know helps dis- distribute? your content and your value proposition through their channels.
0: I love it. And since we're doing nested frameworks within frameworks, within frameworks, I'll throw a framework in there for the distribution aspect. I think of this as the three F's. Who does your customer fund, follow, or frequent? And that will pretty much map the universe of who are they buying from? Who are they following online? And what kind of events or online spaces do they congregate in? Those people can give you access to that distribution and you can earn it just by adding value. Like you said, um, I love that approach of saying like, hey, we, (laughs) we wanna talk about you in our book. Is that cool like that's such an easy layout pitch that you know is almost guaranteed to lead to something I love it. So I I didn't realize that this was happening, but we have the five Ps. We have the pitch, the publishing, the product, the profile, the partnership within each of those. We talked about some specific frameworks, but those are the five steps to becoming a key person of influence. So for everyone that's listening that wants to get some more information or wants to dive deeper into this concept, where should they go to get more resources, to get more thought leadership and to take the first step?
1: So I'd probably recommend uh, the simplest thing to do would be the pitching framework we talked about at the beginning of the conversation. Uh, We have an eight-step framework we call the capstone pitch. Uh, And essentially, it's the framework that we introduce our clients to. We help them refine through our accelerator over the course of 12 months. But we actually, uh, I I give that tool as a gift, um, which you can download at www.pitchtheprize. That is pitch the prize.com. And if you go there, you'll be able to download a copy. Uh, and then from there, you'll just get some emails from me. Um, you can get a copy of the, the key person influence book. And hopefully that's a good start.
0: There you go. So links to uh, pitchtheprize.com in the show notes. I'll also link up the book. If you want to check that out now, with that said, for those that are listening, that may want to take the first step to doing this, what is the number one mistake that you see people make when they start going down this path that we should be watching out for?
1: Uh. I think the, the, num- the number one mistake is to uh, get stuck in perfection, right? It's to try and over-perfect what you're doing. Uh, really great little f- saying we have with our clients is be directionally correct. Uh, be, be in the right direction. You know, when we're refining their value proposition and their pitch and their their content, what we're really doing is going, are we like 70 to 80% of, of the way in the right direction? If you are, go out and pitch it, sell it, use it, market it. Don't try and overanalyze what's the best way to put stuff out there prolific beats perfect every single time so uh yeah don't uh don't overanalyze just be directionally correct
0: there you have it so for those that are listening that want to follow you and what you're doing online where should we send them
1: uh you can go to uh look if you google uh mike james reed that's mike james reed um you'll you'll find me if you google uh, dent And key person of influence, you'll see a bunch of bunch of stuff show up there. Um, I'd recommend uh, I recommend begin there. And as you said at the beginning of the show, if you are interested in kind of diving deeper into more of my uh, brain or or uh, ideas, then uh, check out the Dichotomy podcast um, on whatever you listen to on podcast. Uh, I think for for some years now, I feel like I've my kind of life purpose is to I feel called for people to lead ex- more extraordinary lives to to really, um, you know, tap into uh, a life that is uh, beyond the ordinary for them. And you know what we do with Dent and what I do with the podcast and really everything uh, hopefully is an expression of this idea that uh, I feel called for you to lead a more extraordinary life. And so, the Dichotomy podcast is a uh, foray into talking with entrepreneurs about uh, where have they. F- felt conflicted along that journey to leading a more extraordinary life and and uh, how do they gonna get get on the right path to get to where they
0: want to go a great podcast one I highly recommend you check out if you're looking for other stuff to put in your ear right now so links to that in the show notes and if my episode is out at that point I'll, I'll link it down there as well because we Mike and I went back and forth on each other's shows so with all of that Mike I'm so thankful that you took the time to be here with us today I love the very organized structured specific deliver actionable content that you brought to us today and I hope everyone listening got the same so thanks so much and uh, for those of you that are listening leave us a comment wherever you're listening to this. Let us know what you took away. Let us know if you have any questions and what was valuable and share this with somebody who might need to hear what we talked about to grow their business. Um, With all that, any final words of advice, Mike, for our our listeners today? No, other than, uh, yeah, go make a dent. (laughs) Go make a dent. With that, everyone, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in and thanks, Mike, for being with us. Thanks, Mike. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast, I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this and it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.